1: I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner Plus Fuel Stabilizer, delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline.
0: There's no faint of heart, no playing it safe. There's no hugging trees, no hugging it out. There's no asking permission and there's no apologies. There's guts, there's glory, there's NASCAR. All season long on NBC and NBCSN.
2: Welcome to the NASCAR and NBC podcast presented by STP. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. We are here today above the NASCAR Hall of Fame where Clint Boyer. You sound funny. Clint Boyer is our is guest today. this your today. radio voice? Yes, yeah, this is my radio voice.
3: Oh, <laughs> this is a different ride.
2: sure you couldn't tell, but Clint Boyer is the guest on the NASCAR NBC podcast today because he had a big Darlington Southern 500 paint scheme reveal. How
3: cool is that? How'd that go? went way good and a ton of fun. Um, ton of pride you know having Mark Martin when when I was his teammate at NWR back in 2012 meant a lot to me but I learned a lot from him work ethic um determination is just second to none and and you know he just he put that instilled that in everybody around him including mm-hmm. myself and and you know you bring a lot from being around somebody like that um to your everyday life and and um ever since then he's he's always been just a, a hero, a friend, and and somebody I always looked up to. So here you are, at Darlington throwback. You know what are we going to do? What scheme? And then um, that Carolina Ford Dealers paint scheme was was just it for us. And the cool thing about it is it's literally the Carolina Ford Dealers paint scheme, right. exactly like he had. It's not the stripes mm-hmm. and the colors with a different sponsor. It's identical to what he ran.
2: You aren't fudging it all the way. Some guys are with their. Throw no, paint no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> this this some is of the them real like, deal.
3: Yeah, I kind of see it. Yeah, <laughs> not really.
2: Some it's pretty much the regular yes, paint scheme with like yes. one little twist. This is the actual. This paint is scheme.
3: the real McCoy. Okay, cool. No imitation.
2: What's the number one thing you learned from Mark Martin when he was your teammate?
3: Oh, just the passion and, and determination and the work ethic. I'm telling you, the work ethic is is something that's just kind of a lost art, and yeah. and um, you know, is is he's that old school guy, you know, and, and his story, that Midwestern guy that, that grew up just wearing him out on the short tracks, getting the opportunity and made the most of it became a legend of the sport. And then a hall of famer. I mean, it's just, he's the guy.
2: When you grew up racing dirt in Kansas, was this a, a name that you knew, just like Larry Phillips, was Mark Martin kind of held in the well, same it was, esteem? Well,
3: for me, you know, the ASA Series, when I started racing cars, when I was old enough to kind of get it all, um, the ASA Series was kind of on its last leg, but you started, you know, there was a lot of stars still in it, and a lot of those short track guys, and, and he led that charge. Him mm-hmm. and Rusty Wallace and Alan Kawicki and some of those guys, that was a hell of a series. And I'm telling you, some of the best racing motorsports has ever produced. And for him to prevail out of that, and, and you make his name... You know, and get to that level. I mean, there was no question this guy was going to be a star. I mean, it was just like like a Jeff Gordon and everybody else. It's just there's people that stand out amongst the rest, and Mark Martin's always been that guy.
2: Southern 500, Clint. This seems like in just year three, this has become a real phenomenon. This whole throwback weekend.
3: I think it was such an easy fit, right? When yeah. you go to Darlington, it's you just automatically feel like you're going back in time, anyway. And that's not a knock to the track or the facility or anything else. It's just it's old school. It's the racetrack. You don't race around the wall any place we go to, you know, and and that is the preferred line right up on the rim, right up on the lip, on the boards. And it's a hell of a track to get around. It's very, very challenging, and it's been that way ever since um, they started racing there. And to hear the stories that Mark's been telling about the track today is is, uh, just gets your blood flowing and gets you excited about going there. So appreciate what they've done with the throwback thing i think it's a great fit it's a great track for it and the fans have taken it to it well to the to the point i've seen them dressing up throwback right. you know i mean that tells you how good a job you're doing with marketing a program or anything else when the fans obviously flock to it but get in involved with it as well i think that that speaks volumes
2: You've been somebody who's been pretty vocal recently about the fan experience and about yeah. what race racetracks can do to improve it. Is it just as simple as this, as coming up with a theme and finding a way to sort of embrace racing in a fun, passionate way?
3: It's about the experience. It's not a race. It's not a practice. It's not qualifying. And I'm talking just for me. I have friends that come to the racetrack. I still enjoy coming to the racetrack and meeting people and seeing what they're seeing, seeing what they like, what they don't like. I'm a guy that goes out in the infield and looks around and hangs out and, and, it bums me out when when I see people at a at a lull or a void, you know, in our program that don't really know. They look they just look like they don't know what to right. do with themselves, you know what I mean? And I've I've always loved going up to New Hampshire because as a race fan, they've always got product on the racetrack. If you're a race fan, that's the track to go to. I'm telling you, from from the modified race, which is one of the best races of, of the whole year, um, to to the K and N races, to the late model races, to the Xfinity races, to the Cup races. There isn't any more racing going on on a racetrack anywhere in the country. Um, You know, and then, again, going back to the experience, I hated that tent. The Fanatics 10, I thought it was terrible. It took away from that carnival type of a feel on the outside. Um, our manufacturer's row and all that stuff out front, um, it was just non-existent. It was boring to go out there. People were standing around waiting for something to happen, and I hate that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I want them to be entertained, and, and it's not enough today's day and age to just be entertained every now and then. You've got to have something for these people every single moment, every minute that are at the racetrack. Um, so I feel like, uh, going to these two day shows, you know, I think we can do that. I think we can keep a product on the racetrack. Um, I love how they're doing these concerts and stuff. I mean, you see how many kids were at the, who the
2: chain what, smokers, at whatever the
3: chain smokers, are. apparently <laughs> they smoke a lot of cigarettes, but I hope that's what it is. Um, from the line of, of ambulances I saw along there, it may not have been, cigarettes but it could have been maybe they smoke a long time but anyway uh (laughs) there was a ton of kids showed up for that indianapolis has got it they've got that figured out they've learned how to capture that young audience um you see that snake pit down there during the indianapolis 500 we've got to continue to do that you know everybody wants to say that our demographic and things like that are getting older getting a little long in the tooth if you want to capture kids you know 30-year-old guys like like they'd say, Mm -hmm. that's me. It's going to take a lot to keep me entertained if you want me there for three days. It's going to take a lot. You're going to have to have some stuff going on and, and, and a party going on. I want to be entertained the whole time I'm there. And by the way, I'm a race fan. I want to see cars on the track.
2: You'd probably be more partial to Charlie Daniels, however, than the James members, No, I, I it, Hey, right? I yeah. loved it. Don't yeah? even know
3: who they were, but I loved it. I loved So you the, just they, went out there and just wandered around the just the to check it out? the kids were having a blast. Yeah. Um, definitely a younger demographic, and that's why I love it. Yeah. You know, we had uh, – and this is a knock, but it's it's not a knock. It's just an eye-opener. Yeah. We, we had – Leonard Skinner. Everybody loves Leonard Skinner, but I'm pretty sure 100% of our fan base loves Leonard Skinner. It's probably right. seen Leonard Skinner 30 times. I watched the Indianapolis 500 had some marshmallow. <laughs> they whoever did. the hell that is.
2: He actually wears a marshmallow Gee, while he spins. There was records. more
3: kids down there than there almost was. people in the. St- I mean, that deal was a hell of a party. All over a marshmallow.
2: So, tracks are figuring it out. You're encouraged by what you're seeing.
3: I'm encouraged by some people's efforts to capture the audience and and go after whatever demographic that we need, so-called, and then uh, keep them entertained. I mean, it's all about the weekend's events, and it's not just that cup race on Sunday.
4: With kickoff rapidly approaching, now is the perfect time to start preparing for the fantasy football season. If you want to dominate your draft, check out the RotoWorld Draft Guide for everything you'll need to get a leg up on the competition. It includes more than 500 player profiles, Evan Silva sleepers and busts, mock draft analysis for six different types of leagues, positional rankings from five of our experts, customizable projections, and much, much more. So head on over to rotoworld.com slash draft guide. That's rotoworld.com slash draft guide to take your first step towards fantasy football glory.
2: You uh, also tweeted earlier this year, I think there was a monster pre-race event that involved Those a Harley. Did you see that? I didn't. Do you
3: have any? Have you ever rode a Harley? I,
2: look at me. What do you think? Uh, no. I've never ridden a motorcycle in my life. How did I get stuck in this?
3: <laughs> what is this? A podcast. The millennials. This is cutting edge. This is like the chain smokers right here. This is like the chain of is, media. This is a podcast for the... God, oh What did I miss? You ever even rode a motorcycle?
2: No. Uh-uh. What am I what missing? Where did you grow up? Uh, Naperville, Illinois. How old are you? 44.
3: You grew up in the Midwest. I did. 44 years old. I've never never ridden a motorcycle. sit on a motorcycle?
2: Kyle Petty has offered maybe to let me do the ride someday.
3: You can't just get on a Harley at (laughs) 44 years old and just think you're going to be a Harley rider. But those guys, I'm going to tell you, somebody rode a Harley and somebody grew up racing motorcycles and loves doing wheelies and things. Yeah. For a lunatic with tattoos head to toe to get on a Harley Davidson and ride a wheelie and stand it up on a license plate on the back fender that's big I thought I was entertained is what I'm trying to say I'm, I'm I you know were. you 44 year old non-motorcycle rider probably didn't see the value in it but it was there
2: I'm I'm, I'm sure I could fully appreciate it once I get on a Harley <laughs> and learn how to ride so you mentioned the two day shows thing yep. and and you were very uh, happy about that at Indianapolis I here's heard you, the thing yeah
3: it's not necessarily about the two day shows that I care about. Yes. I care about the fans and making sure that they're having fun. I don't care if it's a week long festivity. You need to be able to entertain them a week long. When I look, we're using the same schedule, you know, structure that Mark Martin sitting here had when he raced the Xfinity series. He would race some truck races. He would race an IROC race. Right. He would run all these different races that were going on on that racetrack for a fan to capture and see and to bring his kids to and his, his family and have friends there and, and to watch we're using that same time structure and we're only doing maybe two races a weekend that's not enough for for my friends
2: but it's been good for you also as a family guy and for your for your team members who obviously get, you know spend i'm, less time I'm, on the I'm a racer yeah and
3: and that's the thing i don't want to get misunderstood we're all racers we are all obviously family guys now we have kids and things like that that we're very proud of and we're very fortunate to be able to bring with us but we're all in this sport because we're racers i want to be racing as much as possible i don't care it's not a time thing i'm not lazy i'm not scared to go to the racetrack and race i don't want to go to the racetrack and sit in my motorhome i want to go out and put on a show for the people that paid their hard-earned money to come watch us race and Enjoy and interact with them as well.
2: You mentioned that you had a good time last Friday before heading to Indy. With the I was scared to death vacation. all day. I thought I was you missing you, practice,
3: going <laughs> to get fired, and it was the end of me. I really did. But you were actually. What did getting, you do with your Friday?
2: I actually spent it at the racetrack. I was there early. That's I was a, no I was involved. at Eldora on Wednesday, so I, I kind of was already just in the over. area.
3: <laughs> yeah, it is weird. It's it's going to be a transition. Um, the qualifying thing is the biggest thing. You know, when you get down to the nuts and bolts of a two day show, probably qualifying maybe saturday would be a little bit better in in our interest um but i do like i think we ought to qualify saturday and have another practice sunday i do like getting on a racetrack you know every time we have if we're going to start at three o'clock in the afternoon we better do something for our fans before then and and not to mention it'd be nice to get on the racetrack and just do something uh so so i i dig the two day shows i think it's it's Restructuring a little bit of our format, and and you know, and I think it's it's accordance to to our entertainment value for our fans.
2: And again, not to insinuate at all that you guys don't want to be at the racetrack. Am I going to get
3: fired for this podcast? No. Does anybody listen to this? <laughs> I mean, just, I'm concerned just all NASCAR this. executives. You know, my do. very life depends on my job. Well, here's the thing: like, if I go down for Nate Ryan's podcast, I don't I know. even know what airs. So know I'm, I'm going to be super pissed. I really can't offer you anything in return.
2: <laughs> Either, no, but like here's the thing about the, the two day schedules is I think a byproduct of it is, is not just as you said jam packed schedule of racing you guys are about racing but you also get a little bit more time at home family time for you for your for your team members who, who work countless hours to, uh, to prepare your cars for you though Clint I mean you're you it seems like you're more of a family guy obviously than yeah. ever because you got two kids now what mm-hmm. what what is life like for you these days on the farm it seems like it's, it's fun it's it, good
3: it is fun it's so much fun to have you know those little kids around we went to the lake. And, you know, he's two and a half year old. He wants to go for a boat ride and, and have fun, maybe go tube. And I drug him on a tube and, and put it around. Uh, had a, a lot of fun there. But a seven month old's quite not as, as enjoying on, on a lake yet. I was the dad going, it'll be all right. My <laughs> wife was the one going, you're an idiot. This sucks. Take me home. So we, we had a, a good time. But, you know, you look at our, did you see our pit area? Yeah. When we were parked at, at Indy. We had pools for the kids. And yeah, we, it was quite the deal that the bus drivers put together and had a, a good time.
2: Okay, let's pause the podcast here to tell you about a product from our presenting sponsor, STP. And that is the Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner and Fuel Stabilizer. For more than 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products such as this to help engines perform at their best In this newest product, the STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner and Fuel Stabilizer delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline. That helps keep fuel fresh during storage, especially in engines that are stored over an extended period of time. I have used products such as these for years in my personal cars. They're very easy to use. You just put the contents in the gas tank and they improve fuel efficiency and also keep your engines running smoothly. The STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner and Fuel Stabilizer is compatible with all two- and four-stroke engines, including lawnmowers, boats, and motorcycles. And one bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. So be sure to check out the STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner and Fuel Stabilizer. And now let's return to our conversation with Clint Boyer. I saw recently that you were doing some hay baling on your farm. Is that you don't really correct?
3: hay bale. Have you ever baled hay before? <laughs> I've just seen like big bales of it. You but grew I haven't up actually in the Midwest done. and you called it hay baling? <laughs>
2: I don't know what it is. I just see the hay bales and figure bale that's hay. a verb. <laughs> you, all right. So you baled some hay recently on your farm?
3: Well, you have to. You know what that's for?
1: Yeah. You do for livestock?
3: Yes. Yeah, as I was going to ask you about that, I noticed you. you That's the thing that sucks about (laughs) baling hay or hay baling, as you called it. You have to feed those all winter long when you don't have any grass for those cows, and you have to get up in the morning when it's cold, put your boots on, and go stand in cow. What is this a podcast? You can say whatever you want. You can. Yeah. Poop. You stand in cow poop and feed, held back there. Yeah,
2: I saw recently that you posted a photo of a was it a new calf?
3: Have new calves? Yeah, not right now. The calf season is early spring and, okay. and uh, you know, been a couple getting ready. Ago. But they're all cows are fun. They're easy, you know. And and um, Cash loves going up and feeding the cows, checking the cows, moving the cows from pasture to pasture. It's just something to, to do with him and enjoy. And I uh, got a lake that we're, we go fishing on. He's he likes fishing. It's kind of weird. Uh, Cause I hate fishing, but I love hunting and and everything outdoors. But fishing is the most boring thing I've ever done in my life. Waiting on that bobber to go down. So now you're stuck doing it for yes. But much I can't sit in a deer years. stand and and, <laughs> and wait on that all day. But uh, yeah, life's good, man. The the organization I'm with is is second to none. The teammates that I'm with are, are a ton of fun to go to battle with week in and week out. My my crew chief uh, works so hard, as as does all my 14 guys. It's just amazing. When you're with an organization like that, that emphasis on on success is like no other. I mean, there is no conversation about a budget or what to do. It's how are we going to get faster and how quick can we have it?
2: So things professionally and personally are as good as they've been been years for you.
3: things don't suck. Other than having to be locked in a a small room in a a Hall of Fame building on a podcast with Nate Ryan. (laughs) That too. So actually, out of all the cool things that have happened today, Nate, <laughs> this, this I hate to say it, man. I this don't mean to knock to you, but this is list. by far the worst. I'm, I'm trying
2: to, I'm trying to change it. I'm trying to like get you in a in a positive mood. No, here.
3: I appreciate you guys. You got you. There's there's a handful of you guys that work your asses off to make us look good and make our sport look good and represent our sport. And and you're certainly at the top of that list. You oh, well, and Bob, and, and um, a lot of you guys put in a, countless hours, just like you said, Friday. You weren't anywhere else. You weren't enjoying your day. You were you were presenting our sport to our fans, and we appreciate it.
2: Well, that was because I was at Eldora, like I said, uh, doing the dirt racing thing, which I also wanted to I ask you about. I just patted
3: you on the back, Nate. You I don't know. have to do it to yourself. That's... I was trying to do that for your <laughs> fan base.
2: I appreciate that. Oh, my, my <laughs> immense fan base. Yeah, this is all about my brand right here. I'm going dirt racing tonight. Are you? Yes. Where?
3: I'm going to Macon, Illinois. Oh, okay. I think Kenny Wallace has already announced that to the world, so...
2: And that is your, with your late model teams? Yes, very okay.
3: late model teams, and I'm going to uh, Tony's house. Never been there, looking forward to going there. Uh, we got some sponsors that we're going to uh, to talk to and entertain and hang out with, so I'm looking forward to
2: it. You're racing tonight? I'm well? not racing. You're not racing. My dirt car's racing. Okay. It's
3: funny how you get to a point in your life, and, and that one dream you always had of racing dirt late models, you have that dream going, mm-hmm. but it's somebody else tearing them up. It's not you. It's not you anymore. Yeah. So Hopefully someday.
2: You have no desire.
3: Oh, yes. Yes, I have a lot of desire. Truth be told, my dream and all of this, and my father's dream, I always wanted one of them big haulers with your name on the side of it, and to go race and, and make a living doing it. Mm-hmm. Never in a million years did I ever think that it would become that. The late model world is something that I thought that I could get to and make a living doing and chasing that, but uh, um, somehow, someway, Richard called me and changed my life forever, and and uh, But I still love being intact with that level of racing and that fan base and, and that style, I yeah. think, is just fitting for me, and I have a ton of fun doing
2: it. You're not the only one, obviously. Kane's got a team. Stenhouse is involved.
3: Yep. Yeah.
4: With kickoff rapidly approaching, now is the perfect time to start preparing for the fantasy football season. If you want to dominate your draft, check out the RotoWorld Draft Guide for everything you'll need to get a leg up on the competition. It includes more than 500 player profiles, Evan Silva sleepers and busts, mock draft analysis for six different types of leagues, positional rankings from five of our experts, customizable projections, and much, much more. So head on over to rotoworld.com slash draft guide. That's rotoworld.com slash draft guide to take your first step towards fantasy football glory.
2: Your car owner obviously uh, won last night. Tony Stewart on the dirt is is racing quite a bit.
3: It yeah, seems did like he win last night. He yes. did. Yeah. You know? I was texting with him on and off last night, and there was a long void where he wouldn't answer me back. That might have been why. Well, I must have pissed the boss off. I guess <laughs> yeah. I am not going. He might have been house. preoccupied at racing. that moment. Hey, you got Mark Martin coming up. Do you know that? I I do. Why are you talking to me? Because, because why don't you get me? Because off there's the like a minimum so you can time talk to a hero.
2: <laughs> because I, I want to ask you, you a couple more questions. You were talking to my
3: dumbass, and you have Mark I, Martin sitting. I, I want to
2: ask you like two more questions about dirt racing. You have one. Okay, it seems like it's going through a renaissance. Yeah, it seems like it's making a comeback. It seems like, you know... What do you mean a comeback? You're involved. A lot of guys are involved. Well, it just seems like... That's a little bit of rap, isn't it? No. (laughs) I had Roger Slack on this podcast recently. He said that, you know,
3: God, whatever you do, do not knock on him or his facility. I not. I praise his whole thing may have slipped in a little bit of a tweet about water on the racetrack. Oh, I did see that. Lost it. And I was just kind of joking. Actually, I knew if they put water on it, they was going to tear the hell out of the trucks. And I was sitting there bored on my couch and I was kind of wanting a little to be entertained. And uh, they did, and it was it was entertainment.
2: He said recently they had record crowds, uh, record 50, car 50. counts. Why yeah, don't and we have 50, 50 26000 dollars you for the 50-50
3: to Daytona five hundred? <laughs> they should My do it My God, everywhere. it might be more than the race pays to win.
2: Tell me why dirt racing is so popular.
3: Dirt racing is popular because at the end of the day, you, you look at demographics and you look, you know, for a sponsor, trying to get a new sponsor to sponsor that. There is more people go to weekly racing tracks. You know, you see this grand spectacle of of NASCAR and, and Cup. The people that are reached by motorsports week in and week out, all these local tracks, They've, they're far greater than what you see at a cup race. You have people everywhere, all over the United States, at a racetrack, sharing that common interest and in, in the love of motorsports, um, all across the Midwest, out west. Short track racing. Everybody wants to talk about it being dead and or dying, a dying breed. It's not. It's alive and well, and, and I'm going to make an Illinois tonight, and I guarantee it'll be a packed house. Those late models on that tight race—they're going to tear the hell out of them, and they're going to put on a great show for the fans and people will be um, entertained. And, and the kids will go back to you know to their friends. And, and man, you should have seen. There will be moments in that race that people will bring back and be talking about for weeks to come. That is something that we got to work on in our sport. We've got to create more moments that people come and watch us create those and go back and talk about for weeks to come how do you do it i'm not an expert i'm a race car driver I, you just ask me i have a lot of ideas you actually, do you, you've spent the last 20 would minutes like not make it <laughs> and i would probably not make it either
2: kyle larson suggests more of you guys should run dirt cars to to help establish well,
3: that short I've track connection that, is that part I, of it i wouldn't think the smartest thing in the world be getting in a sprint car either, and he's up there in Canada racing. I, I don't like sprint cars. I think mm-hmm. they're dangerous, and I, uh, I don't like them. Have I succeeded then? But they do put on a great race. They do, yes,
2: especially when your boss is driving. Okay. Have I succeeded in making this the worst hey, part of your day? Hey, appreciate
3: it. Thanks for talking about dirt. It is fun. It's fun to talk <laughs> racing, and I'm getting off here, folks. Mark Martin's on his way.
2: Thanks, Clint. Goodbye. Appreciate it. Okay, Mark Martin actually is on the podcast tomorrow, special back-to-back episodes of the NASCAR and NBC podcast presented by SDP for Southern 500, throwback week at Darlington Raceway. I spoke with Mark directly after talking to Clint, and I thought about making it one combined episode, but then I decided each conversation could stand on its own. This might have been the shortest NASCAR and NBC pod in history, but we got Clint to sit still for nearly 21 minutes. And he gave us some good insight on many things, so we appreciate him joining us. Many thanks as well to Drew Brown and Mike Arning of TrueSpeed Communications for helping coordinate the conversation, and Wendy Belk at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for providing us with a location, a room to tape it. A reminder that NASCAR America is on 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern weekdays on NBCSN. NASCAR is at Darlington this weekend. That starts Friday with Xfinity practices at noon and 2.30 p.m. on NBCSN, and Monster Energy Cup practices at 1 and 3.30 p.m. also on NBCSN. Saturday starts with Xfinity qualifying at noon on NBCSN, Cup qualifying at 1.30 p.m. on NBCSN, and Countdown to Green for the Xfinity race at 3 p.m., Green flag at 3.45 p.m., also on NBCSN. And then on Sunday, NASCAR America gets things started at 4 p.m. on NBCSN, followed by Countdown to Green at 5.30, and the green flag for the Southern 500 at 6.15 p.m., all on NBCSN from Darlington. The NASCAR and NBC podcast presented by STP is on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts, if you can leave a rating or review or just tell people that you like what you hear, that really helps us out. If you have feedback, send it to me on Twitter at Nate Ryan. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR NBC podcast presented by STP.
1: I'm Steve LaTarte, STP Auto Expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner Plus Fuel Stabilizer, delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents
0: compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline.